0: Galaxy is going
1: to hell. All, right. okay. All right, welcome everybody to episode ten of Generational Talents. Double digits, double digits, guys. We hit double digits. Can you believe it? We're grown up.
2: A, we're a decade old.
1: We're a decade old. Closing <laughs> out the decade. Uh, this week we have another super awesome guest. You know him from the super popular column Cigar Thoughts. He has a fantastic facial hair and a fantastic haircut.
2: <laughs>
3: Jackson
1: <laughs> Bevins how are you doing tonight Jackson
3: well I'm doing a lot better after that intro thanks for having me guys
1: of course yeah. absolutely yeah. welcome Nick, look, I, I
2: just suck up.
1: look I saw the Mark Ingram interview with Lamar Jackson and he the mm. way you hyped him up I was like that's how I want to be going into 2020
2: <laughs> <laughs> a hype man
1: a hype man for all my friends oh my god that's, oh. <laughs> that's perfect
2: Starting with Jackson Bevins.
1: Yes, exactly. So Oh, guys, my God. Right? Um, so I think maybe we can kind of just start off here this week's episode with the Seahawks played. And Hallelujah. With, and with, and they won. won. And they won the game. And with some lovely assistance from Dan Quinn, they were, momentarily speaking, following the Monday night football game, they worked their way into the number one seed. And, you know, with the Niners' loss, that kind of helps – the playoff picture a little bit. It might muddle it a bit more because I don't know these next weeks are chaos but the Seahawks won. Uh, they lost a number of stars along the way but they won and I was wondering if anyone had any opening thoughts on the game. We'll let our, maybe I'll let our guests go first. I think that makes <laughs> sense.
2: Yeah put you yeah. on the spot.
3: Yeah I mean you know the, the Seahawks continued their habit of making comfortable wins uncomfortable but yep. they all- They all spend the same when it comes time to give out playoff seeds. And, you know, six points is the same as 20. It's not college where you rank by strength of victory or anything like that. So Mm -hmm. um, I was really encouraged. I think the biggest thing for me, honestly, well, two things, really. For the first 53 minutes, the defense played really, really well without a number of key starters, especially losing uh, digs at some point. Um, Once Wagner went out, whether that was because the drop off from him to Barton is huge or because Seattle just went really soft on defense. I think it's probably a combination of the two. The defense looked pretty terrible uh, down the stretch. But I was really encouraged by how they played for the first three and a half quarters. And then, you know, honestly, uh, the main thing I'm excited about is seeing the deep passing game get going again. Uh, Russell Wilson really hasn't thrown the ball more than 25 yards in the air for the last month, Mm -hmm. and some of that is scheming. But I think a lot of it is just getting really, really conservative with play calling. And mm-hmm. I think that in order for Seattle to reach their
0: ceiling, they need to let the best deep ball passer in the world throw it deep. Yep. And yeah, that's, 100%. yeah, 100%. I think that was probably my, my biggest takeaway from the game yesterday was Tyler Lockett kind of showing back up. You know, you mentioned the the deep pass. And aside from the one glorious, fantastic throw to, to Josh Gordon and, and catch. Tyler's really the only other consistently open guy downfield on the deep balls. And so maybe he's better physically. He's healthy. Like you said, maybe it was the scheme. That was definitely my, my takeaway from yesterday on the offense was Mm -hmm. going deep and, and getting those shots down the field. It was, that was fantastic.
2: Well, I think something that like we, that the coaching staff so is missing out on is trusting Russell Wilson and his raw talent like the dude has made such giant strides especially I would say in the last two seasons that I think were perfectly shown this past game especially like his connection and his trust in Lockett and um just the raw talent that this dude has that we're we're relying on other factors too much when we need to be relying on Wilson as a team. I was watching the game with my eight-year-old cousin and when I was in Washington for the weekend and he goes, Alex, how does he throw it that far? (laughs) Like, you know, man, he's, he's pretty strong. He's really talented. He's like, yeah, but I think the catching people are way cooler because they run faster. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's a team effort, man. And I, and, and it's so, it's, cool to see that connection with Lockett strengthen as the seasons go on.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with all of them. Those are all great points. Um, I mm-hmm. think, yeah, the return of Lockett, the Lockett deep game has, was huge. I mm-hmm. think it helped a lot. It was really great. He was really, he's inching close, very close to a thousand yard season, if I, if memory serves correctly. Chris Carson also had a fantastic game. Yeah. Just incredible runs, just a lot of power, just he's, you know, been able to overcome his, his fumbling issue again. Which, is, yeah. which was great, We're, and I'm happy for him. And CJ process had that one fumble and then ended up seeing more of Travis Homer, but overall, it was just a, you know, I, I agree with Jackson when he said, like, the defense was pretty strong for most of that game. Um, you know, they held it together, you know, the loss of digs, and then just, you know, clowny uh uh Green was doing, has been doing great. He's yeah. really, uh, he's really come into his own as well, so I'm happy for that development as well. Kuna Ford is just, I mean, we have a question on him <laughs> later, but he was just yeah. phenomenal and it's still so weird how like just a player like that just could just go undrafted like yeah he's short but that's kind of something that works to his advantage and, and I mean that's
2: all anybody talks about with Russell Wilson is how fucking tall he is like or how short he is
1: yeah so I mean it's just, yeah, it, was just so. A, a, it was a great game um hopefully we get some of these starters back coming into this week against Arizona because I don't yeah. think it could really be you know, you know, this this discounting this them in any sense of the word. Like we're in like the best division in football and that's pretty annoying <laughs> at some point, but you know, it should be a good game. Um but yeah no overall was I think it was a it was a great game and I'm and I'm excited. You know, like I said it was a little nerve wracking near the end. It's like they built this lead and then they Seahawks it always. Uh, but you know, um I'm, I'm I'm pretty encouraged. I'm I'm encouraged to the team and I'm encouraged with the return of Lockett. And, you know, at least I'll just quickly mention this, as we also touched on earlier, you know, the, the whole Josh Gordon uh, situation, really, like, yeah. not, not not even from a football perspective, because that, that's what matters least in this moment. It's just, you know, just my heart goes out to him, and I hope he's able to find peace and he's able to, you know, hopefully take the steps to help overcome this. I, I know I understand the difficulties that, you know, with addiction and things like that, and, you know, hopefully <laughs> he's able to get that good support system in place to, you know, to overcome this.
2: I think something that makes me even more sympathetic towards him is the fact that he's not allowed to contact slash the team is not allowed to contact him like and especially because there are so many discussions we were just talking about this before we were recording before you came on Jackson is there's so many discussions that it's um, likely a marijuana test and it it just breaks my heart that so many people are automatically demonizing him and then they cut him off from his support group so you know we wish josh gordon the best we love him for all his fucking sick-ass plays he gave us but yeah
3: yeah you know it's it, it's a shame it was encouraging really to see <clears throat> major league baseball this past week remove mm-hmm. cannabis from their testing yeah and uh and and, you know i I hope the nfl follows suit i know that they've taken a lot of the teeth out of their penalties for marijuana but unfortunately for josh gordon you know if this is a cannabis related offense um (laughs) you know it's i i I certainly can't speak to to his situation but he he did certainly inherit um some of the more draconian penalties early on you know his first couple of strikes were were back when the nfl was a lot more heavy-handed and he's kind of carrying that in and and, you know, look, I, I mean, I played sports through high school and college, and I know what it's like when it says, look, okay, you can't smoke weed, so you don't smoke weed for mm-hmm. the season. Um, right. I think that oversimplifies it for exactly. a guy who has, you know, come from a challenging situation that has been really, really open with, um, you know, substance abuse as a way of coping since, you know, since I am pretty young. And, uh, and, and it's almost like cannabis is the safe option for him as mm-hmm. opposed to some of the other things he's been into in the past. And, right. and to have that taken away as, as an option is, is tough. So uh, would it would have been nice to see him keep it clean for a couple more months, but I do think the bigger issue at hand is A, the NFL's need to understand that, you know, if, if guys are gonna sign up for this life, uh, they're, they're taking on a lot of pain. Yeah. And yep. a lot of criticism and a lot of anxiety and they're going to need a way to cope with it. So let's let's rank those options by safety and legalize, you know, uh, regulate them accordingly. Um, and then, of course, you know, and and you mentioned it earlier, just just Josh Gordon, the guy, you know, I, yeah. I tend to know this this person, but boy, the amount of change to his life, the, the constant switching up of where he lives and who he identifies with, that's hard on anybody in their mm-hmm. 20s, you know, um, much less a lonely millionaire. And, and, you know, money certainly doesn't solve issues like this. So uh, I hope he gets where he needs to be. And it would be awesome if somehow he finds himself on the Seahawks in the future.
2: Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, great player. Great And dude. it sure
0: sounds like from all you know from the last couple of months it sure sounds like he felt like he had found a home and so maybe it would be nice if there's a way that 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 ends up working for him with whatever the consequences need to be or whatever but yeah Yeah. fix fix your rules NFL follow the MLB suit uh follow their suit and
2: and make it work yeah Percy Harvin was the a perfect example of that I mean I was saying to the guys before you came on Jackson like I cannot imagine having, I mean, it happens on Twitter. You probably get it on Twitter, everybody here. Like people make comments on something that they don't even do. Like people are making derogatory and awful comments about his football playing when these people would absolutely pass out if they got on a football field in front of tens of thousands of fans. So the anxiety and the stress that goes with that, not to mention the physical pain, It's better than turning to opioids even in some respects. So, you know, our hearts go out to Josh Gordon Mm -hmm. and the team and we hope and pray that he maintains a support system and has lots of love and kindness surrounding him because he deleted his social media profiles today, so. Like
0: right away, yeah. All you
2: fuckers that are making fun of him, you guys can promptly fuck off and leave him alone.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Yep. All right, so we're gonna to get to uh, a couple of questions. We'll just kind of take turns and feel free to elaborate, go into as, as much detail as you'd like. The first one is a, is kind of a two-parter for you, Jackson. You're, you know, For me at least, I came up with this question because I came across you for, uh, by reading Cigar Thoughts for the first time a, a number of years ago. And then the second, So so the first part of that is just kind of how did that start? Where did that come from? And then the second question, is where did the emoji lineups go because we are big (laughs) big big fans of of the the emoji lineups that you did uh, off and on over the past few seasons and maybe it's just that the I'll let you get into that but those are two part questions.
3: Okay Uh, first part to that question I guess is uh, you know I I started writing for for field goals when Danny Kelly brought me on. I don't know, maybe like 2010, 2011. Uh, Before that, I I just had a, you know, I needed to, you know, all all I do is think about sports. All I ever want to do in my free time is watch sports. And, and, you know, it's hard to find people that just ride like that all the time. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) so what I found myself doing, you know, in the mid 2000, 2005, 2006, that kind of time. I was like, all right, I want to write about sports. So I started a WordPress blog and, nice. you know, I, I'd get like 18 views and one comment and be my mom saying good article, son.
2: Oh, my God.
3: <laughs>
2: <That's awesome. laughs> yeah. That is yeah. so cute. <laughs> and so, you know,
3: after a couple of years of that, uh, a slightly larger site called Next Season Sports came across it and picked me up. Mm-hmm. And that led to me becoming the fan blogger for the 710 site. And then uh, when Danny took over for John Morgan at field goals, he, his goal was to kind of broaden the roster a little bit. So he, he called me, he said, literally, I, I Googled Seattle sports blogs, came across your stuff, liked it, um, interested if you're, you know, want to write an, an article for the site, see how it goes. So, of course, I said yes. And, uh, and I did that. And that eventually turned in, you know, I did all kinds of different write-ups. And that eventually became – me really focusing in on the post game, uh, kind of recap and and that for me is just honestly it 's my own personal way of processing the game. I have to get it out of me and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I have to get it out of me with the language that I use in my head and so yeah. um, so that 's kind of how that started and then, as it started gaining popularity, I thought, okay, you know what is it about this article that makes it unique that'll allow people to find it? What do I do? What, what part of me writing, you know, I hate to use the term the process, but what, what part of all of that uh, is unique to me? And I was like, well, I always light up a cigar while I write this. So let's, let's make it about that. Um, And then, you know, it's it's kind of taken off from there and, and it's all been crazy. You know, it's still wild to me that anybody reads that it's, it's as therapeutic as it is anything else. As far as the emoji lineups, man, I miss the emoji lineups. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so good. It was so really, good. Really hard. I thought really, really hard about doing one this year, but you know w- this roster, we didn't know a lot about a lot of guys coming in. Well, we didn't it's know it's who-
2: changed a ton too throughout the season. You said, the it, season. Alex, you said it.
3: absolutely the last two years, the churn has been insane. And we yes. went from guys with really well established uh identities and <clears throat> you know, characteristics and and, and all that stuff to a bunch of, well, I hope they're good type players.
0: <laughs> yeah. right.
3: So, you know, honestly, I think I would have been forcing it this
2: mm-hmm. year.
0: Perfect. That's a, Yeah, we that's a went from a
2: lot answer. of like iconic characteristics and personalities that were like super distinct and different to like newbies <laughs> that yeah, people right. are like, well... <laughs>
3: Totally. There's a dude
2: that doesn't have a hand. Like there there was if people just Ah. didn't (laughs) differentiate.
3: No, absolutely. And and you know, I I think now I could probably do one or come close Mm -hmm. to doing one. um, because we've gotten to know these guys a little bit and yeah. It's a it's a different locker room. You know, you had you had half a dozen legends for five years Uh, at any given time. You had half a dozen on the short list for best to ever do it at their position guys in that locker room, and I, I think it was really tough for, for young guys to rise up and establish themselves in that situation. I also think it was really tough on Russell Wilson. I think that it was hard for him to own that locker room. Mm-hmm. We have Marshawn Lynch and Earl Thomas, and Cam chancellor, and mm-hmm. Richard Sherman, and Michael Bennett, uh, who are not only loud guys, but they're cool guys, right? They're the coolest kids in class. Yeah, and right. I mean, when you're the teacher's favorite, it's tough to, to lead. And I think yes. now what we're seeing is a locker room that belongs to Russell Wilson and it belongs to Bobby Wagner, who has Russell Wilson's back, which I don't always think has been the case with the best players on that team. And, uh, and, and so that's why I think we're seeing them outperform their talent level. Whereas when they were getting mm. 10 plus wins in the past, they were living up to their talent level.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: God, what a I... great answer to just my dumb question about emojis. But it was wasn't a dumb question. Was I was asked about the
3: emoji
2: lineup.
0: That's fantastic. Sorry, Alex, I cut you
2: off. No, that's okay. That's so interesting. I was, Evan and I were just talking about like how the culture of the Seahawks have changed. And, and I remember that tweet, somebody tweeted how cringy um, Russell's Mm -hmm. commentary on the sidelines was. And I, and I remember tweeting and saying, Oh yeah, it's so bad for you to be an encouraging leader on the team. And, and, It's interesting to see that switch from, oh, my gosh, we're the most feared, the L O B which I am going to say is like the most badass, you know, fucking group of players we've ever had. But now we've turned into a cohesive, strong, structural unit, it seems like, of personalities where everybody has everybody else's back and we don't hear the you know, the drama that we used to. And don't get me wrong, Richard Sherman is probably my favorite Seahawk to have ever played. But dude is drama walking on two feet. Like, and that's totally fine. But I think it's exactly how I feel about it. Interesting, yeah, to see such an intense shift in culture. But I also see such an intense shift in trust between the players. Especially it doesn't seem like here's the little click and then everybody's playing Mm -hmm. to help the click it feels like everybody is playing in conjunction conjunction and success for one another.
3: Yep. It does and you know I I, I think I've painted myself into a little bit of a corner over the last couple of years with Pete Carroll and his in-game decision making mm-hmm. um, and, and, and I do think that is a struggle of his it's been mm-hmm. a really curious progression from him going from one of the three most aggressive uh, play calling coaches in, in the NFL to arguably the most conservative, but is as, as much as those things frustrate me, he is so good at the hardest part of the job, which is creating a culture yes. among 50 plus absolute alphas who are making millions of dollars a year in their mid 20s who yes. have always been the baddest dude in every room and getting them to buy in. And I wouldn't have held it against Pete if they had gone 6 and 10 each of the last two years because of the sheer volume of top-level all-pro talent that the roster has purchased in the last two years. And yet here they are winning nine games and 10 games and now 11 to 13 games with a totally different roster. I mean, you know, for for all of his seemingly caught-off-guardedness during games, Pete Carroll has absolutely mastered NFL culture and that's just a Mm -hmm. crazy cool thing.
2: And And I would argue that that has helped win the games. Is that like mind connection between those players. Like they are just so in sync. Especially like, I think the perfect example, I was talking about this with a coworker is DK Metcalf, my lover. Um, (laughs) I have the biggest crush on him. I don't know if you know that accent.
3: Wait, you too? Hang on. Oh Oh boy. (laughs) It's in my bio. Are we seeing the same man?
2: Everybody tags me. Oh, I love him. Drama. But, he told me
3: he told me I was the only one.
2: Um, oh, well, I'm there's... sorry, I was the first. Oh, wait, um, <laughs> wow.
0: wow. can each you can each wow. have an ab and there's still six left over. So <laughs> we, can, yeah. we, can, we can we can share. We can share.
2: Yeah. I I'm a kind human, but all that to say is like for a rookie to come in and be so trusted and successful I think that says a lot about the culture and the locker room culture that Pete and Russ have helped cultivate and what I would even say Bobby has helped cultivate because we've really seen his personality shine this year well
0: and yep. I think Bobby's personality was he's such a quiet leader
2: yeah, he's and a soft leader for
0: sure. He's being he's he's able to be so much more uh, vociferous now without those other guys' personalities yeah. overshadowing him because he didn't have to be, and he doesn't really have to be now. But I think he and Russ, it's their team, and so you watch. Yeah. You know, I saw a couple of split screen videos today on the the um one in particular was that fourth down run where Pete sort of wasted a challenge to get a timeout and then decided to go for it down. Like, uh, it was like a fourth and one and Carson oh, just yeah, yeah, yeah. just mauled himself into the end zone. And the split screen was the play on one side and Bobby on the sidelines. And he yeah. was just yeah. jumping up and down and doing his, you know, big flexing move and then just running right out there on the field. And it's just, yeah. it's, it's great to see. It's just, yeah. it's fantastic. And yeah,
3: you know, my, my my Bobby moment for me, I mean, the talent was always there. It was clear that he was yes. going to be very good. And, you know, honestly, for as awful of a game it was, his performance in that 6-6 tie against Arizona a few years oh. back was oh. as good a game as ah. I've ever seen a linebacker play. But uh, for me, the moment for him was after he fought through a hamstring injury to play in the Rams game in Seattle a couple years back where they lost by 30 plus. And Earl Thomas, who you guys know is my all-time favorite football player. I mean, You and Evan, yep. Yeah, the fact that he was a Seahawks is just a bonus. He's like my favorite dude. And and he talked about, you know, maybe Bobby shouldn't have been out there. And Bobby's Mm -hmm. response was, tell him to keep my name out of his mouth. And at the time, it was really troubling because it was the worst loss of the Pete Carroll era. And it, it sort of marked a brief passing of the torch from the Seahawks to the Rams in the division. And it was like kind of a scary time as a Seahawks fan. And you could see it as the two defensive leaders squabbling. But to me, what I saw is a young guy coming into his own, standing up to an absolute hall of famer. Yep. And, and I was like, okay, whenever the time comes, this is going to be Bobby's locker room at yep. that moment. And I, and I really appreciated that about him, even in, you know, maybe the lowest moment, uh, yeah. over the last number
0: of years. Yeah, that's a great, yeah. that's a, that's a good pull, good memory yeah. and good kind of passing of the torch there.
2: Yeah. And speaking of uh, hall of famers, you've interviewed some pretty cool, pretty cool dudes. And yeah. I remember, I think something like, I remember it was quite a few years ago when you interviewed Richard Sherman, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Yep. Even and I had actually, uh, I mean, when was that, like, what, 2015-ish, 2016?
3: No, you know, it was, yeah, uh, yeah. it was 20, I want to say 2017 when okay, I. Okay, it was
2: 2017. Richard,
3: it, was, it was before his last year. In
2: Seattle, okay, yeah, was year. I was going to say, because I remember it was earlier on when I had just started getting into the Seahawks, and I remember reading it and being like, hell yeah, I picked out the right jersey, um, but <laughs> <laughs> all that to say, who is one of your favorite people you've ever interviewed that you've ever, like
3: written about? Yeah. So, um, you know, I've, uh, you, you're right. I've been fortunate enough to interview some very cool people during the time writing about the Seahawks. Uh, Mm -hmm. there's, it's kind of a three part answer. I would say the best interview in terms of just pure class is Marcus Dufant. Um, you know, I was, this was 2013, maybe. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm a nobody now, but I was a nobody's nobody then. <laughs>
2: oh, and,
3: and, you know, I'm here. He is carving out time. He's stepping outside of this charity event that he's doing mm. to give a, a 20 minute interview to someone he's never heard of before. And he answered almost every question. I start by saying my name, which was really remarkable. Wow. And, and he talked like he had nothing else going on. Like I knew I was, I was hyper aware when interviewing him that he had better things to be doing in that Mm -hmm. moment. And, and I never would have guessed it, uh, from him. So in terms of pure class, he, he was awesome. I remember interviewing Earl Thomas after his rookie year and it felt like he was reaching through the phone from orange, Texas and shaking me by the neck while we talked, like (laughs) it was, it was this incredible infrared fucking intensity that he had (laughs) that was like it like caught me off guard honestly that doesn't
2: surprise me at all though like that just seems like the type of human he is yeah no i
3: mean if if you've ever gone if if you ever were able to go to a training camp one of the public training camps and and you just like i went every year and i would just watch earl it was amazing Uh, because the dude i mean i i swear he didn't blink and there's these stories about him like going dark for an hour before practice, because he's literally playing every practice rep in his head before he goes out there. I mean, you know, so, so the intensity in the interview kind of caught me off guard. Uh, The coolest person I've ever chatted with in this setting is Golden Tate.
0: Oh,
2: shit, I forgot about
0: that. I wasn't, (laughs) yeah, that's, I wasn't expecting that one. That's a good one.
3: Yeah, so Golden Tate is my favorite college football player of all time. Um, I'm I'm a recovering Notre Dame football fan, and wow. uh, I was I was <laughs> recovering. I, yeah! I can't I can't do Brian Kelly. I had uh, no, I, had,
2: uh, I get it, I get it.
3: But uh, I was I was a big Notre Dame fan at the time, and, and Golden Tate was just super fun. He was just a su- a really fun player. I totally fell in love with him. He was a, a running back. Highly recruited running back that got converted to wide receiver because of positional mm-hmm. need and ended mm-hmm. up either winning or being a finalist for the Blitnikoff award. Mm-hmm. Uh, he scored a walk-off touchdown against Michigan state and belly flopped into their band. Like he was, oh, he was yes. wow. he was like really fucking cool. And then I was living in Hawaii at the time and they played in the Aloha bowl against university of Hawaii. So I went to the game by myself and, and watched him score three touchdowns on five catches for 180 yards in the first half and I was just like, this is my favorite dude ever. So when the Seahawks wow. dra- So when the Seahawks drafted him, I actually accidentally broke my phone in excitement. Cause I like oh I like I like fist pumped, but my phone was in my hand. I was in a restaurant <laughs> and it like flew across two booths and and shattered. Uh, but I was like, I was like, I'm going to interview this guy. Like, this is my all time favorite college football player. And now my team draft him. So I was like, well, I don't know how I'm going to do that. I'm just some guy. So I figured out who his agent was and what firm he worked for. And I called the firm and couldn't get through to anybody. So I just like refused to hang up and kept calling up the line and be like, well, I'm not getting off the phone until I talk to someone who can put me in touch with them. And after a while of this, they eventually were like, hey, we're going to have his agent call you. So sure enough, she did, and she was like, hey, uh, Golden's going to get on a plane from Tennessee to Seattle tomorrow. We'll have him call you when he gets off the plane at the airport. I'm like, okay, great. And then I'm like, wow. oh, man, the last thing anybody wants to do is give some no-namer an interview while they're getting off a cross-country flight. Right. Golden Kate sat and rapped with me for like an hour.
2: Like Unbelievable. The interview
3: probably lasted 30 minutes, and... And we just talked after that. Like, wow. it was super cool. Like, his cell phone to my cell phone, straight up. And so, you know, for, for whatever else may or may not have gone on during his time in Seattle, like, I will always love him for that.
0: That's amazing. I
2: mean, as as much drama that surrounded Golden Tate, I don't think anybody, anybody will refute the fact that he is insanely talented and did a lot of important things for the seahawks especially if we're looking at our current state like i think he was part of that ground that groundwork for the current team i mean totally like, agree guy was drama but he was talented and he was somebody to look up to with how how intense he was and his grit like just he buckled down and he did his shit
1: I totally yep. did. definitely did that. He did all of that. That's for sure.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: And you'll always that is be trolling so DBs cool. and that is I will always love him for that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, absolutely.
0: the just the iconic taunting when it was intentional, let alone when he's just taunting by turning his back to the end zone and jogging backwards at the DBs. I mean, that's just that's just I remember uh, just balls. It's just amazing. Uh,
3: I remember him playing the Rams in 2013, and it was one of those awful, awful games. I think they won it like 14 to 12, and they were down 12 to 7 late, and Golden Tate hadn't done shit, and he caught a slant and beat his man, and as he was running into the end zone, from like the 30-yard line, he started waving to the defense, and I was just like, this fucking guy – Yep. This is like, love it.
2: His, I love his, like it. his
3: eighth catch ever. And he's just completely waving the home team off the field. Yep. It was just like, yep, okay. He's, he's exactly yep. who I thought he was.
2: Yep. Yep. I mean, inject that right in my veins. That's why I love Richard Sherman so much. Like, I love that cockiness. I love that, like, shit-talking attitude. That's totally my personality. So I loved when Golden Tate did <laughs> that shit. It was just, yeah. it was great.
1: Mm -hmm. it was was good yeah that that just that era of as we were talking earlier that that era you know that those very loud personalities all around and you know how Pete Carroll was able to you know channel that and you know a lot of these were very young guys too so he did a lot of stuff both like in developing them and you know making sure that they felt like they were still their own personalities but making sure it still worked as cohesively as possible as a team that made him one of those top tier teams for a, a number of years and and in my opinion, they're, they're working their way back up there to being one of those top tier teams in the NFC and in the NFL overall. Um, but Jackson, if, if you had to think and say, like, OK, like one thing that Seattle should do in this upcoming offseason or in these up- upcoming offseasons to sort of put themselves back into that, you know, that that tier of like the top NFL teams, what do you think they should do? Well, we can't
3: rush the passer or protect the passer. So it's pretty fucking incredible we're eleven and three. I mean, those are like <laughs> outside of passing the football, those are the two most important parts of the game. So um, you know, I'm 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 over the Effetti experience. I thought for for a minute there that he was gonna you know, he was maybe turning a corner. He he actually had a few really, really good games last year and a couple bright spots this year, but but he is just a liability. I think he's the most penalized player in football since he's been drafted, um, which is fine if you're kicking ass. But when you're not kicking ass, you just can't be that guy. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, I think Iopati is a fine stopgap, but he's no longer a good offensive guard. Uh, DJ Fluker is a little bit of a one-way guard. He's great going forward, struggles coming backwards. So, you know, I, I love Jamarco Jones. I think that solves one of your guard spots. And I would like to think that Fant is ready to take over for Fetty. So if they can get that other guard uh, locked in, I think they'll be in really good shape. And and you know, as far as the pass rush, I, I really hope they pay Clowney. I hope yeah. that they just, I hope they cut the mm-hmm. check for him that they wouldn't cut for Frank Clark. I just I just think he is a, a top five talent at one of the three or four most important positions in the entire mm-hmm. sport. And I think that whenever you have that, you pay whatever it takes to keep that. So, um, you know, that's, that's what I would like to see them focus on. I'd like to see them uh, slide in Fant and Jones on offense, use a high pick or, or a trade or free agency. They're going to have some cap room to uh, get another guard and then sign Clowney.
1: Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh,
2: please, please. I, I, I've been we team signed counting. Clowney
1: for <laughs> yes. a while. Like I, I know his n- numbers aren't there with sacks, but like as we've seen with the numbers and the research, I you know sacks aren't the be all end all for that kind of stuff with those kind of plays. He's just excellent run defender, just constantly getting pressure. And he's, mm-hmm. you know, as Jackson mentioned, we only really have that many pass rushers, like very like established pass rushers on this team. So Clowney's always getting double team and just always has like a number of bodies on him. So he's just still able to have such a high pressure rate. That's pretty elite, and you know that's one of those players. We don't really have super too many super crazy contracts on this team right now. You didn't give up much Mm -hmm. to get him. I say pay him what he deserves and just keep him around and build around him. And
2: especially seeing him push through his sports injuries and a sport a fucking sports hernia, like come on, like guy has dedication and he can still pull his own weight while being injured.
3: Hey, the man. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I totally I totally agree. You know, uh, Ansa, who I was super stoked about, just it just hasn't worked out. Uh, mm-hmm. Collier, Collier looks like a complete wasted pick so far. I'm not writing him off. It's been one year, but the guy can't get on a, on the field on yeah. arguably our most shallow position group. Um, Reed Reed is good, but not like he was last year. I love Puna. I hope I hope Puna and Quentin Jefferson and Al Woods. I would love to see them all stick around because I think they're going to be really affordable. But yeah. you know, our our pass rush is an issue. And for as much as I believe in Russell Wilson and as much as I believe in the Seahawks and their culture and all of that stuff, it's going to be
0: really really hard to win Super Bowls uh, when you can't get any sacks. Yep. Oh
2: God, yeah.
0: And it's and, and that's you know that was. That was the question too: Is how do you get to that next tier? Because it's, you know, we're we're not there. No matter how great we are record wise and seeding in the playoffs wise, the Saints, the Ravens, the Niners, those are the teams that are in that tier that are just above us. And I yeah. just, I just don't those think teams, we're
3: those teams are all better than Seattle.
0: Absolutely, mm-hmm. and it's you know, and you could argue. Uh, Green Bay, Kansas City, New England, and maybe we're in that tier. Yeah, and, no, I think and, I think
3: we're firmly in
0: that tier. Yeah. And, you know, the, the three teams that I mentioned first, one of those three probably is your Super Bowl winner this year. Yeah. Um, and so I think you totally addressed what, what we have to do. Hopefully they do it. And that leads perfectly into our next question, which is how come – Aside from you just now in that conversation and very few other people, I know Mina Kimes is huge on the, the Puna Hive, but it, it, he doesn't seem to be getting a lot of recognition. Do you have any thoughts on that? Like, why are people not talking about Puna Ford?
3: Well, I I, I think that people who pay attention to the Seahawks are definitely talking about Puna Ford. In terms of, of nationally, I mean, how many interior defensive linemen get talked about nationally right we know what we know and it takes it takes a lot to get to a point where you're starting to move the meter outside of your own local market i mean the the interior d linemen that get that type of hype are recording double digit sacks and and that's not okay. who he is or, or probably who he'll ever be but he is one of those players that's you know uh, a key piece of a great he's like a you know like a jay Buner or something you know or where it's like your your fan base loves him and you understand how important he is to the team's success, but you know, no sports center is never gonna run a segment about him. So <laughs> if, True. if if all Puna and, and he was undrafted, it's just so hard. I mean, Doug Baldwin was a top ten receiver for five years before he got any uh, real national run and and he had won a Super Bowl and, and you know, put up these crazy numbers in a low volume offense, but he was an undrafted guy and people get really really wedded to their draft day opinions and it takes a long time for most people I think to come off of those so I think that's the main reason with Puna I don't think it's any shortcoming I'm I'm sure he grades among the top 20 interior defensive linemen in the league which is an insane thing to say about an undrafted player from two years ago but he was also the big 12 defensive player of the year like the guy can ball and the fact that he's short the fact that he's short is the best thing to happen to Seattle's defensive line in the last few years outside of
0: Bill O'Brien being the Texans' GM. Yep. Yeah, solid. Great <laughs> solid. point. Solid.
1: Yeah, no, I, I and I agree a lot with what Jackson said. It's like he's known a lot by the local media and it's probably going to be very difficult to get any national media. But, you know, we love Puna. All the love for Puna. And I'm glad we have him. Glad I love, love him. him. So, Seahawks, we love him. Seahawks Twitter, eh. We can love her, love her, love her, love her. Hate that those guys. And you know, we're we're none. We all have our our. We have all fired off some takes here or there. I know we're all responsible for that. Um, so so this kind of like last important like long form question is uh, what's your if, in your opinion, Jackson? What's your most controversial Seahawks opinion? My
3: most controversial Seahawks opinion, I. I think this would have been a little bit easier Mm-mm. for me to uh, to answer in years past. Um, the most controversial Seahawks opinion. man that is a that is a, a really good one. I:
2: Thank you. that was my question. <laughs>
3: Alex, you, I, I don't know. I don't know that I've ever been completely stumped during an interview before. Um, you got it. I,
2: I, I would say. I, I'm going to take I, over Cigar Thoughts now. Yeah, It's yours.
3: It's yours. I'm I'm bequeathing it. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I would say, I, I think this is less controversial than it was when I first came around to it. Um, but I would say probably that I think Brian Schottenheimer is a really good offensive coordinator. And I yeah, thought he was a total... I thought he was a total nepotism pick. And, you know, the first two games of last year were absolutely atrocious offensively Mm -hmm. to the point where I was, like, throwing in the towel already. And all they did is bounce back with their second-highest scoring season in franchise history.
1: Mm -hmm. He's someone
3: that I think is on a pretty short leash with his head coach. Uh, A head coach that wants him to run the ball more than he wants to run the ball, would be my guess. And so Mm -hmm. he's managed to mitigate that by making his passes really count. Uh, Seattle throws it deep, I think, more often over the last two years than any other team in terms of uh, share of their passes that go more than 20 yards in the air. Uh, they're, they're really looking for those high leverage knockout type plays, and they understand that they have a quarterback who's as good as anyone at, at hitting those. And they've, they've drafted receivers that complement that. So, you know, Schottenheimer's ability, I think, to work such a successful passing game into – the confines of a really run-heavy offense is is really impressive, and it's yeah. totally switched my opinion on him.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that would have been real controversial controversial last year when everybody was just on the shoddy hate train, which totally. is still kind of carrying over this year a little bit. But I think with the shift in how the team dynamic has become, we're yeah. seeing Shondheimer shine a lot more.
1: Yeah. I, I think Somebody he's done interest. a lot. I think he's done a lot given the limitations that Pete, you know, mm-hmm. we can assume that is placed on him, you know, wanting to that run first philosophy. And just, I kind of remembered back to like around the time that that, the Schottenheimer like hiring announcement wasn't made. I think we were just coming off of the Eagles Super Bowl victory, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yes. remember the big, the hot name of the time was John D. Filippo, Right. Uh, yep. the Frank Reich. Frank Reich, yeah, yeah, like, those names, like, and I remember, you know... And I, Sean
3: McVay had just started killing it, too.
1: Yeah. Um, right. So, like, those types of names, that type of attack, and then, you know, we had some some potential for Filippo, you know, we had our own expectations were our fault, basically. And then when they announced a Schottenheimer pick, not being somebody who was probably not on any of our radar, <laughs> and then, like, to have him and not one of these other, you know, new age... High flying offense kind of guys. That probably also played into it, and also just like that idea of like the nepotism pick, the retread, things like that. You know, so that kind of all.
3: Yeah, you know. we were looking. We were looking for a slam dunk, and what we got was an underhand free throw. Mm-hmm.
2: Nice. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow! Look at that sports analogy.
0: From LeBron to Rick Barry, and <laughs> that's <right>. one. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. And it's you know, and here's the thing with that, with that. Sort of hot take, controversially. There's there's not a lot of agreement. And then here's what's going to happen in the next year: someone's going to take him as a head coach, and we're going to be that like, that wouldn't well, surprise now, me. Now where are we? We thought we had it oh so bad, and now it's kind of like how some people are still thinking about Bevel. You know, like, woo, we wouldn't run that play with Bevel, or where is mm-hmm. this play? And it's it's kind of a grass is greener. You know, I think that's a pretty good take. Well, that's it's pretty always,
3: yeah. Yeah, that'll I think that'll always be the case. I mean, all you gotta do is spend five minutes on any other team's message board after a game. And the offensive coordinator is the least popular guy in town. Yep. And, you know, I mean I I remember after the, the Seahawks beat uh the the Patriots in two thousand twelve and I was still at a point in my life where I like got off on going to the other team's message boards after the Seahawks <laughs> went. And and like Patriots fans, I think it was Josh McDaniel, who's like the most mm-hmm. accomplished offensive coordinator of the last twenty years, was their o c and they were coming off a super Bowl win and and everyone was like ready to fire him you know and so it's like crazy you know i i I think that that's kind of baked in as far as whether or not he'll become a head coach. I think the fact that his dad won a lot of games will probably help, but right you know, it it's also the same reason that you don't necessarily promote your best accountant to c e o it's there's you know, when you're the head coach, you have to do so much more than just be good at calling plays. And mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think Daryl Bevel for all the success he had in Seattle, I don't think he got a single head coach interview. So it'll be interesting to see if teams look at Brian Schottenheimer and see the type of personality that can run a team I would like, yeah. that can just call plays. That's I would like to see play. Schottenheimer.
2: Yeah, I'd like to see Schottenheimer take over a lot more ownership of his, you know, of his his play calling, like I would really, I think the dude has really good ideas, especially in the interviews he's given. I I think he's got a good head on his shoulders and I'd really like to see him lead more, especially I would really like to see an even playing field between him and Carol, because like you said, Jackson, he's totally on a short leash, but I think it'd be really interesting to see them on a more even, even playing field just to see more of a partnership between them as opposed to a father-son kind of (laughs) dilemma. I mean, that's really the best way I can describe it. Like, father kind of trusts him, but he's going to maintain his own ideals and need him to kind of take in his own ideals in the family business instead of making him an equal partner, which I think would really bolster the Seahawks' um, pass game. Like, I, I think that would that switch would make a major difference in our offense. I think something different would click, but of course, like, maybe not. I just think it'd be interesting to see.
3: Nope. I totally agree with you.
2: Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Well, now we're going to go into our lightning round of more fun questions. Um, We've already answered a few questions, but we're still going to answer them anyways, because we always have new listeners and they can learn more fun things about us. So um, I'll ask a question. Jackson, you'll answer, then Matt, Nick, then me, and then we'll go on to the next question. And there's only a few, but we will judge you for your answers. (laughs) Okay, favorite holiday movie, Jackson? Home Alone. Okay, Matthew? Uh,
0: I'm going to go Bing Crosby's White Christmas.
2: Oh, that's a good one. Jackson, you have the same favorite holiday movie as Walter Jones.
0: That is true. Two in a row. All
2: right. Nicholas.
1: I really enjoy Home Alone 2. Lost in oh. New York.
2: Oh, okay. Okay. Wow. Um, <laughs> I'm a fan of The Holiday with uh, Cameron Diaz, yep, and Jude Law, or Nightmare Before Christmas because it's a Christmas that's and a a great Halloween movie. That's it's a great one. That's a Favorite. I can quote it, I sing it, Evan hates it, but I'll put on it Before Christmas <laughs> music and Evan is like, oh my god, again? <laughs> uh, okay, your go-to liquor slash alcohol slash vice drink.
3: Uh, I would say it would be an old-fashioned made nice. with, with whistle pig bourbon. <sighs> <sighs>
2: Love whistle pig. We have whistlepig at the bar right next to us. They make it. Like they're the people that are affiliated okay. with whistlepig. So good.
0: Oh, and that sounds so good right so now.
2: Good.
0: Now I just don't even want to answer questions anymore. I just want to go have one of those. because <laughs> um, mine is also just like a good solid, a good solid bourbon. Right now I have uh, Buffalo Trace bourbon in the cupboard and it's and it's amazing
2: nice yeah
0: yeah i like i like
3: buffalo trace a lot that's uh that Mm. is that's the one i keep in my golf bag
2: Nice. Oh Well, we're Ooh. finally seeing you, Jackson. You just turned off your video. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's we haven't hilarious. seen you this whole time. Oh, <laughs> that's,
3: that's so funny. Is this like a video cast or just an audio cast? No, it's, it's just audio. audio. It's all audio. <laughs> all audio.
0: I like that's the uh, liquor
2: shelf you have behind you, though. That's pretty impressive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah? yeah. No, no, no. This I see is, some uh, Makers Mark. I saw the Makers, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Nice.
3: we
1: got a nice, nice little selection there.
2: Yeah. Fantastic. course, good shit. Nikolai. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Oh, for me, uh, mostly just uh, not a big. I enjoy a number of different uh, alcohol liquors, but for me, uh, Modelo Negra.
2: Modelo
1: I yeah. will always do it. I
2: knew that's what your answer was going to be. Like, that's you always drink when we're on the podcast.
1: Josh, I drink water too.
2: Okay. Uh, uh, oh Oh yes, that's not alcohol though, Nicholas. Um, I'm either doing straight whiskey or I like whiskey sours. Those are. Mm. My faves. Okay. That's a good two one. part. Marvel or DC and then favorite superhero.
3: Okay. So I would say my I'm a I'm a Marvel guy good. over DC, but my favorite superhero is a DC guy. I like Batman. All right. And, uh,
2: Every that, dude that, likes Batman. Well,
3: here's here's what I like about <laughs> Batman, and this is why I've always liked Batman since I was a little kid, is he doesn't have superpowers, right? Like, he he is a self-made superhero if there is such a thing. Yeah, because so he's a that's, fucking that's billionaire. Like best,
2: come on, the car. Money will help <laughs> that.
0: <laughs> he's got the car. Uh, fine, All right. I think that's fine. fair. That, that's a yeah. fair answer.
2: And I um, can take the Marvel answer, fine.:
0: You love Marvel. You're, that's I do like love a, Marvel.: a Balance.: We'll get you. into that
2: when I answer.
0: Yeah. Um, I still have to go old school because I am not a I'm just not a superhero movie fan, so I grew up Which with Justice League me. and all of that, so I just still rock all the DC ones. Um, but I, I was thinking about this since last week. I, your I answer last Wonder week was Woman. Wonder
2: Woman. My you answer like last spins. week was Wonder
0: Woman because she's she's hot, and <laughs> and then <laughs> I watched Honestly. all the Wonder Woman spins, but then I realized I forgot about the Wonder Twins from the old Justice League <laughs> cartoon. <laughs> oh
2: my god! And
0: they Matt. were hilarious. So I'm gonna go Wonder Twins and how they just would fist bump before anyone knew it was a fist bump, and would just turn <laughs> into just ludicrously ridiculous items. What what
2: is this? Great. I'll give that to you. That's pretty great. Um, what, are, what are these? What?
0: You don't and Nick who is not out of college yet doesn't know who the Wonder Twins are. I'm going
1: to um, guess. Do you not now, know who
2: the Wonder Twins are Nick?
1: I'm just now looking them up and Wonder it, Twins activate. Wonder yeah. Twins activate. Thank you. Thank Wonder you, sir.
2: Twins activate. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. All right. Sure.
2: All right Nicholas.
1: All right. So so Marvel. Last week I went with Iron Man. This week I'm gonna go with Spider Man. He's just, he's just a kid. Like in most cases, just a kid who's just always like life is always beating him up,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and he's but always like overcoming it. And Tom Holland that, is I the think.
2: best Spider Man in my opinion. He's the most canon Spider Man.
1: The yeah, most kind of canon.
2: He's the most I'm canon. Sorry, he's sorry, supposed sorry. to be a fucking fourteen-year-old kid.
3: No, yeah, no, he's he's great. So Spider Man, Spider Man's my number two for sure, and then okay probably Wonder Woman after that.
2: Yeah. There we go. I'm, right. I collect Marvel comic books, so I'm a Marvel fan. Um, I, I would say either Scarlet Witch, because I loved her costume and her powers when I was a kid, or Captain America, because Chris Evans is a very, very attractive man.
3: Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, no, he is a, he is a stone cold
2: hottie. He sure. is America's ass. <laughs>
1: Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: loved him. Okay, uh, we've already kind of answered this, but favorite Seahawk, Jackson, we know.
3: Yeah, uh, So, yeah, so my favorite my favorite Seahawk all the time is, is Earl Thomas. My favorite yeah. current Seahawk is going to be DK Metcalf. Uh, I think at this point, however, uh, it's it's probably Bobby.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm, Bobby's really stuck
2: out the game.
0: That's Matt. a good one. Um, I oh, my favorite Seahawk ever is just so hard. It's so it's so challenging. I'm gonna go Kenny Easley. I okay. just uh, Kenny Easley and or. Oh, yeah, I'm just gonna go Kenny Easley. Just amazing. Go. Yeah, the go. original Earl, the original Earl slash mm-hmm. Cam Chancellor combo. Hmm.
2: I'll give that to you. All right, Nick Nicholas.
1: All right, so I'm going to have two answers, all time. Haven't been watching that long. Cam Chancellor. Super cool. Oh, dude, Cam's
3: Cam's my number two all time, man. Cam's a beast. Cam was just like the greatest thing I'll ever experience as a Seahawks fan.
1: Just like a massive, just a mountain of a man just running so fast. And Vernon Davis. And a
2: great human to boot. Like, and a great human.
1: Fantastic smile. Just a fantastic smile. Right. (laughs) <laughs> and current Seahawk, just to maintain the brand, John Arsua, shout oh, out, two snaps, let's go. Oh man, got snaps. those victory formation snaps. That counts for something. Is that literally what his two snaps were? One of them was, I think. I don't know what the other one was. Wow, wow, <laughs> let's go. Okay.
2: Hey, you you really carry that stand train for a long time. I I, I commend you. Um. Well, past I loved Matt Hasselbeck. He commented. He said I had a pretty Easter dress when I was a kid, and so i loved that. <laughs> when we were at oh, church, does Walter I Jones's loved mother. that. Yeah. Also, Walter Jones's mother is in love with Matt Hasselbeck and kissed him on the lips. I
1: don't wow. Know why.
2: Yeah, he told us that last week is great.
0: That's a great. Um,
2: otherwise, Richard Sherman for sure. I loved his shit talking. I am all about that. Like. Fuck people up. I love it. I still love it today. Otherwise, right now, Shaquille Griffin is one of my faves. Mm, and that's to a good call. A because I'm in love with him and I would, yep, do things. No,
3: yeah, Shaquille's awesome. And, and, you know, honorable mention, because I'm, I'm sure he's high on all of your lists, but we can't let the segment go by without mentioning Marshawn Lynch.
2: Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He's just yep. kind of like the iconic, like, just... A historical character in Seahawks history. Like, totally. there is, I was so sad when they painted over his picture in downtown Seattle near Safeco Field or whatever it is now, T-Mobile Park. I was so bummed when they painted over that picture. That, like, mm. was on that um, post of the highway. Right. You remember that? The, the grab where he's going like this? Yeah. Yep. I, I'm. I was so sad when they painted over that.
0: I mean, that trade to get him... Was so underreported and underrated at the time, mm-hmm. but was easily the turning point. Going from yep. the the Pete Carroll era, putting his stamp with John on on this team and saying, "This is our team, and here we go." And he yeah. became the icon. Yep. It's absolutely yep. fair. Yeah, yep. cannot go.
2: Yeah, he is just the historical icon of the Seahawks, in my opinion. Him and him and Russ will go down in history as historical Board icons right. of the Seahawks. Um, okay, and last one. Favorite vacation spot.
3: You know, I'm, unfortunately, I haven't been on a whole lot of vacations in my life. Um, that's uh, been been spending my whole life working to build a life that can be that's all vacations.
2: So, yeah, I get that. I,
3: I I haven't done a ton yet, um, but you know, this is this isn't an answer that's gonna like get any panties wet. But I really just like <laughs> going to uh, an all inclusive resort in Mexico and yep. knowing, Like, all the money's already been spent, and I'm just here. I'm not here to learn the culture.
2: Nope. (laughs) Evan and I are doing that for our second anniversary, we're like, we don't want to do fucking anything. Nope.
3: (laughs) I I, I work hard, and I want to spend my time not working, really not working. I feel that. Pool bar, volleyball
0: on the beach, all that. That's that's perfect vacation for me. Yep. Perfect. Drink, take naps
2: in the sun, good shit.
0: I think that's an excellent answer. I don't think there's any reason to – Mm-hmm. second guess that at all That's, that's <laughs> perfect that's perfect because mm-hmm. when you go away you want to go away you want to go away yep. to just sit there and not worry about who's changing the sheets washing the dishes you just you want to go and you just want to chill that's out right hang out. so yep. absolutely what about you um, matthew uh i'm gonna split two i love vegas and i know people it's overrated and it's and it's sort of cliche to say you love Vegas but what everything I love Vegas everything that Jackson just said about the all-inclusive resorts is you yeah. can find whatever you want to do in Vegas and you can also just sit in your hotel room and pull the room darkeners and just take a nap at 2 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> and I I mean it's probably not my favorite vacation spot but I love it I love we love going out to the Washington coast and just get in a hotel room or something a cabin or something and just looking at yeah. the water just yeah. chilling out just getting
1: away yeah.
2: I get that. What about you, Javier?
1: Oh no, am I in trouble? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did a lot, most vacationing when I was younger. Not much recently. Hopefully, in a few years, I get back to it. Um, but what really stuck with me when I was doing more vacationing younger was going up to the Pacific Northwest, like Oregon, Washington, like all those areas. Like I love the the forests, the, the the climate, the and just everything about that kind of lifestyle just really like got me and really like what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like me so that's that's hopefully where I'll end up at some point in my life, kind of up there for a few years. So
2: there you Perfect. go. Um. Welcome. Well, I love. I used to go to Lopez Island with my cousins and aunt and uncle, and yeah. so I love Lopez Island. My uncle so good. Yeah. Well, Lopez Island is where my uncle grew up, and I love wow. Lopez Island. um And then also, Evan and I just went to Italy this past May. We saved up for it and we went as like a post honeymoon and oh my god i could just stay there and eat the pasta and be drunk every night it was great
1: i looked the life we went
2: yeah we went to the same wine bar every night in florence and we would pay for our, our bottle of wine and then they'd each bring us a mystery shot and they wouldn't tell us what it was until after we took the shot. So we take the shot and then they tell us what it is and then bring us another shot of it. And we're like, "Wow, can't do this. <laughs> the first day we got too drunk, couldn't find the restaurant. So like stumbled <laughs> into a random restaurant. And we're like, do you have room? We need to eat, please. <laughs> but that was pretty that's fucking cool.
0: That's awesome.
2: That does really, sound great. great. Yeah. Well, that's my lightning round.
0: Perfect. Jackson, With thank you so much for agreeing. so awesome. Yeah, Absolutely. thanks
3: for uh, making the time, guys. I appreciate it. Thank
0: if there you for are, making the time. <laughs> if there are any of our listeners that don't know where and why we uh wanted to have you on here, where can they find stuff about you and read yes. your fantastically Please. hilarious things? <laughs> uh, well <laughs> that's probably
3: overstating it, but you can uh yeah. you can find find what I write. I mean honestly if you just Google Cigar Thoughts, it's the only thing that should come up, but you can go to Fuel Goals. Got uh, got its own section there. You can see all that stuff. Uh, more immediately, you can find me on Twitter. It's just my first and last name. First name is J-A-C-S-O-N. Just remember that no K is okay. Last name Bevins. <laughs> I like the word sevens, but with a B. So hit me up on there. And uh, if you're just dying for more Jackson content, that's how you can get it.
0: Awesome. Thank you Bye. so much thank Get you your, so much jackson you're an awesome dude jackson content yes. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> well, Thanks, I, I yeah absolutely well happy seahawks
2: week yeah
0: all right
1: yes, yes. thank have you have a so great much. holiday
3: all right you too night guys
1: yeah. all, right. Night. all right and that was jackson bevins everybody
2: what a great dude so what a great fun. Guy. totally down to earth been a big fan of him since i first started dating evan and and Evan wrote on field goals and would show me cigar thoughts just total quality guy down to yep. earth great liquor shelf i wish you guys could see it
0: oh man that's fantastic rock
2: in a row bully talked to us around his house it was great <laughs>
0: that was great that was great one but, one hall of famer last week to uh soon to be seahawks tweet hall of famer i would assume yeah uh, great. great the next round of of ballots are tabulated here in the new year
2: yep Nick, yeah. any
0: final thoughts? Uh,
1: just, well, this is, well, just some kind of just thoughts for the audience. Uh, this will yeah. be our final episode of 2019. We will be back in 2020 with uh, more of our hijinks, uh, more guests, hopefully. Uh, and I want to take a minute to say a thank you to everybody who has listened from day one, who's picked, who's picked it up from here or there. I uh, just want to say a big thank you. It means a lot. We kind of just started this project on a whim and it's re- it's only 10 episodes but it's been a super fun 10 episodes and uh yep. and i'm glad i get to do it with you guys it's been super awesome it's just been Aww, absolutely.
2: i'm gonna get all emotional Thanks. and cry because i'm right. emotionally Aww. vulnerable today Aww. oh well right <laughs> yeah. back
0: at you thank you but, yeah so,
2: thank you to our you know few listeners we don't even care like you guys are supporting something that we love so much and just are able to chat about and have drunk episodes and talk to fucking cool ass people and as you know, we move into the next decade, we're going to have more guests on, and hopefully we'll be able to grow and expand our brand, um, yeah, and if you, something I think we'd all like people to leave with, especially if you're on Seahawks Twitter, is be kind, and, and just add to the fun of Seahawks Twitter, and don't be an asshole,
1: basically, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. We're, we're, we're a community, we're, we, we use yeah. this to talk about the Seahawks, but literally and i'm not sure how it was before i kind of joined but it's, it's it's grown a lot and it's changed where yeah. we also become you know really close friends and we you know we, we share our personal victories and we talk about ourselves a little bit yeah. more and, you know that's and that's great and i'm glad we're seeing that you know it's just it's a very you know we 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 joke with each other we we kind of make fun of each other but mm-hmm. you know it's always in good fun it's always with love um yeah and i'm just glad just to just to be able to add to that so just you know try to add to that you know you can tweet however the hell you want but you know just hopefully just think about that whenever yeah uh, you know, we interact.
2: Yep. Be so, nice.
1: Be good. Be safe over the holidays. Hawks. We'll see, go you, we'll see yes. you in January. Everyone go Hawks. Have a happy a Merry Christmas. Happy holidays.
2: Happy Hanukkah.
1: Hanukkah. Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. Uh-huh. All the, you know. Uh, happy, happy, New happy New Year. New Year's. Uh, and we Make will-
2: safe decisions. Don't Thanks. drink and drive.
1: <laughs> order an Uber.
2: Is. Order a Lyft. Call a friend. Call a cab. DM me on Twitter. Like, don't do dumb things. Thank you. Perfect. That's my soapbox of the day.
1: <laughs> and the best parting words that you could have. See you all That's again it. in 2020. Yep. We are signing off. Till then. Adios, everybody. Bye. Bye. Baby,
2: baby, Yoda. Baby, Yoda.
0: Baby, baby, Yoda. The galaxy is going to hell.